0: Welcome to Tanya's Good Vibes Podcast, where we talk about everything and anything that makes us feel good, we exude positivity, we party through love and light, and we talk about all the blessings through the tough parts of our personal journeys. So welcome to Tanya's Good Vibes Podcast where we explore everything and anything that makes us feel good. We party through love and light and we find the blessings through the tough parts of our personal journeys. Period. <laughs> so my guest today is an author of two books. He has trained 37 companies and in in 17 different countries and he's been conducting seminars, workshops, platform speaking for the past 41 years and today He's here to spread his good vibes to us and share how passion can help us excel through his new book, With Passion. Lincoln, so excited to have you here today. How are you doing?
1: Thank you, Tanya, I'm doing, I'm doing very good. And you know, this is our second time connecting together. It's always a pleasure and you, you, you send some really good vibes out. <laughs> Thank you. You feel really welcome and, and comfortable. In, in your virtual presence
0: thank you thank you and so do you I, I had such a wonderful conversation with you the last time we spoke um, you know you have such a wonderful story uh, and a great upbringing so maybe would you like to share a little bit about who you are and and well
1: of course you know I I am um, I was born in the tiny little island of Trinidad and Tobago and um. A lot of people don't know where that is, um, but it's the last island in the Caribbean chain, just about six, it's actually just six miles northeast of the coast of Venezuela in South America. And that's where I was born and where I grew up. Um, I was born in to um, my parents, Stephen Kokaram and Jesse Kokaram. My father, Stephen, he worked in the oil industry and my mom was a teacher all her life, all her life. And actually she was my greatest influence and my greatest role model. Um, I quote her, I quote both of them, but I quote her more in most of my presentations. Yeah, I was, you know, it's a, it's a really good story to see where the Lord put you and how he take you out of there and where he carries you, you know. Amma, I consider myself a living example of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. In his heart, a man makes his plans, but the Lord guides his footsteps. Mm. Tanya, none of us in this world had any choice about who our parents were going to be. Right. None of us had any choice of which country we were going to be born in, which city we we were going to be born in. I was born in Anajupa. And, you know, an ajupa is a, a mud house covered with wow. palm leaves. We didn't have any running water. We didn't have a stove. We didn't have a washing machine, <laughs> you know, everything was done by hand. But, and my mom cooked the food on a wood fire and that was so good. She, <laughs> she had a gift to make, to take so almost like anything and make it taste so good. Okay. As I, I was born on the island, grew up there, got my basic education in, in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, and as, as a young man growing up, my, you know, on, on Coretti, they asked you, what would you like to be when you grow up in high school? Well, I had two options. My first option was to be an Air Force pilot. And my second option was to be a professional cricketer.
0: Oh, really?
1: <laughs> yeah. I played, I played cricket and when I, really, I was in the league, you know, and in, the, in the stream, so to speak. If I focused and practiced hard, I, I, was there, I played with guys who went all the way to the highest level in the world playing oh. cricket. But again, that was not where I was called to go. That was not where he wanted me to go. In fact, when at age 16, I preached my first sermon off the cuff. And and that's another, you know, divine intervention kind of thing. We used to worship in the elementary school. We did not have a building. And there were like about 20 or 30 people. And the pastor, sometimes he would send a a guest speaker. And a couple of times it happened, the guest speaker don't show up, either they get lost or they didn't get the message or, because we were living in a country town, country village. So this particular Sunday, and and I will never forget this, the people waited, they waited for about 15, 20 minutes, nobody show up, and then everybody start getting up to leave. I was 16. I got up I said, wait, 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 where are you guys people going, sit down. At least we can sing a hymn. We all got our hymn books, we got our Bibles. We can open the Bible and read a Psalm and then we can say a prayer. Tanya, the people sat down, <laughs> nobody left.
0: Oh, really? And,
1: and let me tell you who the people were. The people were my mother, my sisters, my aunts and uncles and my cousins and my neighbors, people who know me, you know? And then the Lord inspired me to share a message on the Lord's prayer from the beginning to the end. Well, after that, people start coming up to me and say, you should be a pastor. Wow. You you would make a good pastor. I start getting invitations from other churches to come and speak. But the Lord made it clear to me, he said, Lincoln, i don't want you to be a pastor in a one particular church i want you to be a pastor for the whole wide world i did not understand what he meant at that time mm-hmm. but how powerful yeah it came to pass you know i it's joined so
0: funny it wasn't even you know it, you didn't even plan it it just no happened. so it's just oh, as if it was meant to be
1: you know it was the total divine intervention and i have so much incidents in my life of things that happened that I did not plan, and they were the best things that happened to me that I did not plan. And if most people look back at their life and see the best things that happened to them, like having a child, you know, who plans a child to have a baby when and the date of birth and how how many pounds it will weigh and what color hair is going to have? You know, I mean, we have an influence, but who plans that? No. It's the best thing. The day you met your boyfriend. Did you know that on that day you would meet the one?
0: No, I did not.
1: No, the day I met my wife, I didn't. I wasn't even looking for a wife for that. Right. Day. <laughs> well, it's 33 years now, and we married, we got two kids, and we, you know. So, going back to my, my story, growing up in the island, um, my mom did not allow me to leave the island to go join the Royal Air Force. She said, no, I'm my I'm youngest son. And guess what, Tanya, coming out of high school, I'm not a scholar. I don't like too much studying and reading. I like to learn from life, life experiences. I'm pretty smart, but you wouldn't believe every report that came home, the the main comment was could do better. But I like to think that I had an all round education. I was in the drama club. I was in the speaking club. I played cricket. I played soccer. I played ping pong. I played badminton. You know, I was engaged. One, one day my mom said to me, you must be the public relations officer of the school. (laughs) But I was engaged. I got an all round education. An all round education. So by, again, by his divine I never wanted to be a teacher. That was the last thing on my list of things to do. It wasn't even on my list.
0: And your mother was a teacher too. Yeah, my
1: mother, my older brother, my sister. Oh you know, I had two sister-in-laws who were teachers. So coming out of high school, I needed to find a job. So like all my friends and I, we were all applying all you know to all different companies and all different organizations. So I applied for teaching. It's a job. I needed to make the money, you know? Mm-hmm. So I applied for teaching and guess what? I went to the interview and they hired me. Tanya? Oh, wow. That was, they hired me as an assistant teacher and in Trinidad at that time, they had this program where you would be an assistant teacher for five to six years, where they put you to, under a senior teacher and you learn by experience. And then if you're still around, they will send you to college for your, edu- for your bachelor's in education and the government paid for everything. Mm-hmm. But Tanya, I'm gonna tell you, that was the, one of the best things that ever happened to me. I found out that I love this. The kids were like my extended family. Aww. We had a relationship with them. Within a year, I was the cricket coach. I was the soccer coach, I was the athletic coach, I was the drama coach, and I was teaching a full schedule, a full program. After two years, the principal called me in his office and he said, "I want you to teach the, the examination class." And I'm an assistant teacher now. Mm-hmm. You know, But it came naturally. If, if, you know if you believe in that, it came naturally.. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'm blessed to have my mother as a guide. i never forget once I was teaching a lesson on time. And why is it in Australia, the sun is shining and they're playing cricket and we're sleeping at night and we have to listen to the cricket on on radio and it's sunlight. And so, Tanya, I had my globe, I had my flashlight, you know, all the tools to show the, the kids how the sun stays still and it's the earth that's turning. And how time goes by, and why is it dark on the other side and bright on this side? Well, half of the kids got it, and the other half were looking at me in the day in the headlights. So I was so frustrated. I was almost crying (laughs) because I put a lot of effort in it, you know? Mm -hmm. My mother could read me like a book. I go home, and Mama look at me, and she said, What's wrong, son? How do you know something is wrong? I can see it all over your face.
0: That's a a mother's gift. Oh, yeah.
1: Right away. (laughs) You know, and so I shared with her, and she said, you dumb fool, you. You think they would all get it at the same time? Some of them are now getting it at home. And some of them, you have to teach it again before Mm -hmm. they get it. Mm -hmm. That was one of the best lessons I learned in education and sharing knowledge with with other people. They are all not going to get it at the same time we don't know what's going on in their head. We don't know what's distracting them. Our role as as facilitators of learning is to make sure that we can engage them and grab their attention and give them tools and equip them so they can retain and apply. So I did my six years uh, assistant teacher, and, and then I went to college. I specialized in math. And again, you know why I specialize in math? Why? (laughs) The main reason I'm going to tell you some stuff, Tanya, that I haven't shared with a lot of people. But the main reason I I, I made math my elective, because I didn't have to write a thesis. Oh! Every other subject, (laughs) Tanya, every other subject, I, I, I was good at math too got a distinction but every other subject you had to write a thesis i hate doing that kind of stuff you know Mm -hmm. so i specialized in math and then i ended up as a math teacher in middle school um i joined the jc's at around age 22 and that was another divine thing for me my very first the jc's organization when they know they've changed their name to junior chamber international their mission is to develop young leaders to so they will go back into their community and serve their community and then to achieve world peace they, they've got about oh, 85 wow. 85 countries all over the world um, and they have conferences and conferences and training programs that they, they do for the members but they they will train you on things like how to manage a project but then you got to work on a project so you get immediate application Well, one of my first seminars, one of the speakers was talking about attitude, your thoughts of mind, you know? And he said, your attitude towards life determines life's attitudes towards you. And I started thinking about my own mindset. I was always thinking that I was just okay, but I'll never be excellent, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was like a big revelation to me. And then my mother told me, and I was sharing with her, and she said, son, aim for the skies. Because if you aim for the skies and you miss, you're going to fall on the clouds. And, and that's a soft, fluffy landing. But if you aim for the clouds and you miss, you're going to fall on the mountaintops and they're going to hurt you, son. Wow. If you only aim for the mountaintops, you're going to fall you're going, and you miss, you're going to fall on the ground, you're going to die. But Tanya, since that day, I've always aimed for the skies and I've had more fluffy landings and it's amazing, you know, how and you talk about positive vibes. I've learned to listen to positive vibes and delete the negative vibes. In, in my book, the second chapter talks about attitude and I tell people in every keyboard, there is a delete button. So what do you delete? What do you delete? You delete trash. You delete spam. You delete junk. You delete yeah. things you don't want. That's not helpful. That's, you know, viruses, you delete it. Similarly, you know, our mind is always going. And thoughts come to our mind that, I mean, we don't think before they come, the thought come. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have to ask, where did that thought come from? Delete, delete. <laughs> get it out yeah the faster i delete that button the better for me that because we know it's negative we know if we continue thinking this way it's going to hurt us and it's going to hurt the people around us mm-hmm. so hit the delete button early
0: lincoln how and i totally agree with you thoughts are so powerful i sometimes struggle with them too i have you know and and Sometimes I'm like, why am I so mean to myself? I thought would come in and say, you know, you're not smart enough or you don't have that, that much experience. So why apply for that job? Or you're, you know, you're, you're not good enough. I have a lot of those type of thoughts yeah. in mind. And, you know, like you're saying, you know, you try to delete them, but how, how would, how can you do that? How can you,
1: well, can you, you know, that's a really great question because chapter three in my book has to do with special. And you know these people, they go out of their way to make other people feel special. Mm-hmm, yeah. Before you can make anybody feel special, you got to know that you are special. So what is the corporate world, the marketing world doing today? They're telling the girls to be special, they got to be like Cindy Crawford, or they got to be like oh, this yeah. other person, and their hair has to be a certain color, and they have to have a certain shape kind of deal and guess what the guys we don't get a, get off they're telling us to be special we got to drink a certain type of beer right. we'll have a certain car and yeah. we be six foot two mm-hmm. and 180 60 pounds and be you know have a six pack kind of deal. and people are buying into that mm-hmm. you know they're buying and they're spending so much money and it's not working but guess what There are only two reasons Why every human being in this whole wide world should know that they are special. Reason number one is you were created. You were created in the image of the God Almighty. He he didn't create anything else in His image, but you and me in His image, equal. And, you know, Jesus wants us to be one with Him just as He and the Father are one. So, and then the other reason is he only made one of you. Tanya, in this whole wide world of more than 8 billion people, there's only one Tanya. So yeah, one Lincoln. <laughs> you're unique. You're special. You know, you know, why are diamonds so much more expensive than rocks outside in your backyard? Because they're unique. They're rare, yes. And they're very rare. Mm-hmm. Well, you're more unique, more rare than a diamond. Right. Every human being, you're one of that's why it's a crime to kill another human being. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. You're unique, you're one of a kind, and they can't even replace us. They're trying to clone us, but that's not working. <laughs> so those two reasons, you were created yeah. in the image of the God Almighty, and you only there's only one of you in this whole wide world. So now you know you're special. Stop trying to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. Stop comparing yourself. That's the mistake we all make. We come, We want to be like Mike in the ad. Remember that ad? Be like yeah. Mike in Michael Jordan's heyday. Mm-hmm. But there's only one Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know? And then there was another ad with me. Um, uh, Her name is Mia. She's a soccer player. And the thing was she was competing with a basketball player. And they were saying, anything you can do, I can do better. I remember that one, yes. Yeah. People gotta stop comparing themselves with others and be the best that they were designed to be. And they they
0: also you know, they rely on on material things to feel whole in themselves. And I noticed like, okay, when I get that car, you know, that Cadillac, I'm gonna feel I'm gonna be the best. When I and then once and it's so funny because once they buy it, they realize, hey. Oh, you know, now I want the next thing. It's, it feels good for two weeks, three weeks. And then they want the next thing. They're looking on the outside. What can I do? My, have, you know, my lashes done, Mm -hmm. my lips done, all these things. And then people will like me. Then people will hire me, you know, all of these things. But, you know, they don't forget to look inwards and understand that your light and who you are is actually what is going to make people want to be around you, want to hire you and, and. And nobody can take that away from you.
1: Nobody you can take who you, you There's mm-hmm. only one of every one of us in this whole world, and when we die, they can't even replace us.
0: Mm-hmm. I never hired somebody because I liked their hair color. <laughs> <laughs> I hired thing. them because good I loved that interview, and they made me feel good. Yeah. They, you know, they brought you know their their love and their passion and, and their passion. I could really see that. Uh, They actually want to be there and not just want to be there because, oh, the pay is good or the title, the job title is good, you know.
1: Talking about job titles, I advise presidents and CEOs and companies and even people. I said, fire yourself. (laughs) Fire yourself. Fire yourself. Like when I do the live workshop, you know, the first, my open comments are, how many vice presidents are in the room? Raise your hand. How many presidents are in the room? Raise your hand. How many managers? How many secretaries? How many, you know, assistant vice presidents? Everybody raising their hand. What's your title? Okay, you're all fired. <laughs> you're all fired from that title.
0: Mm.
1: I'm going to give you a new title. And that new title is Trusted Business Partner. You see, when everybody in this world come to the realization they don't work for Anybody, they work with people, right. and they work for themselves. You know, you are the one who you have these dreams. You want to have a nice house. You want to have a nice car. You know, you want to go on a vacation. You want to have, educate yourself and your kids. You have responsibilities. You need to make a contribution to charity, to your church, and and where you work provides all that that paycheck. Mm. The company you work for, think about what they provide. They provide you the opportunity, number one. They provide you a product, a service, because without a product or a service, you can't be in business. They provide marketing, you go to an air-conditioned office, you have free parking, medical benefits. You see, we take all these things for granted. And all we need from you is bring all of you every day. Bring all of you. Don't just check in and check out. Right. Too many people in the world today, Tanya, are settling for okay. And, you know, the, the irony of the whole thing is when we settle for okay, we are actually cheating ourselves of a higher sense of achievement. We are cheating our own self and our world of a higher sense of achievement. And, and you will know that that when you achieve something, what a feeling that is. What a positive vibe that gives you, and it spur[s] you on to go and achieve more. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone it, always it,
0: looks at you know trying to get to that you like you were saying that executive level or that VP level. Yeah, they don't. First of all, they don't trust the process, and they also don't, you know, they don't live in the day in in everyday like they want to experience the journey to that pro, to that okay, I want to be a VP. Why do you want to be a VP? Why can't you just be happy at being a, a coordinator right now? You know, when I first started out, now I'm a, an HR advisor, but when I first started out, I was a, a recruitment coordinator. And uh, honestly, it was entry level. It wasn't even, you know, uh, you know, I was just basically scheduling things. And people would walk into the office and they wouldn't even notice me. But I would always smile, hey, how's yeah. it going I, uh, you know, I'm the coordinator here and I was, I owned it. I was just so happy Amen. to be, to, to have a connection with people to, when they came in for an interview or when I was onboarding them into the, in the company, I was, you know, I was the first, of all. I'm the first person, the first impression that they get of the company. And so that, even if I'm just a coordinator in my job title, it means a lot when someone's meeting you for the first time, because you're setting the precedent for the yeah. whole company. Mm-hmm. And you have
1: to own that, you know. Yeah. You know, I when I was, I'm a people observer, and I like to ask questions. Before I wrote the book, and even before I wrote the workshop, I, I visited this office, so I asked the receptionist, "Hey, what do you do?" She looked at me and, you know, well, I'm the receptionist. And I went to another building, another, and I asked, "Do the same job, right? What do you do, ma'am?" She said, well, I answer the phone. I keep my boss's files in order. I make sure there's appointments. So she knew what she had to do. And then the the third place I walked in, this lady had a sign on her desk, Vice President of First Impressions.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. I know
1: she knew it. She knew it. And you just said she took ownership. She said, What's your name? I said, Lincoln. She said, Mr. Lincoln, I am the first impression of this company. The way I welcome people into this company, as they walk through those doors, sets the tone for the meeting that they're going to meet with my CEO or whoever they're going to meet, and, uh, and the meeting is going to be so much more positive. I start the positive influence from the day, from the moment they walk in, and then when they're leaving, the way I say goodbye, she knew it, Tanya. She took ownership of it and she didn't care if anybody else would recognize her. Right. Yeah. And that's
0: also what makes makes you excel. You know, if you say, oh yeah, I, you know, I want, I'm doing this just because I want to be, you know, a manager, you know, no, yeah. you're doing it because this is who you, this is who you are, this is what, you know, you're part of the company. And it's your job to make you know people feel comfortable and people feel special in their in their way so that they so their impression that they get is they just want to come back and they wanna be, you know, want to be part of your good vibe, right?
1: Right. You know, and, and the thing about it everybody can't be in the forefront. Mm-hmm. You know, like I coach a lot of salespeople and sales organizations and, and the people who do the customer service, I I tell them your job might be more, what you do might be more important than what the salespeople do. The salespeople, they go out and they, and they sell the product, they, they recruit the customers, but it's your job to keep them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because the salespeople are bringing them in through the door and then they're leaving the outdoor. The company's not making any money. They're going to have to shut down soon. So your job is so much more critical, so much more important. Mm-hmm. But nobody tells them that. Nobody takes the time to explain to them how important their job is. You know, and their title is customer service rep. And I tell you, I mean, I've had some experiences, especially on the phone. And it's, what kind of service is this? (laughs) No service. You know, McDonald's have a big sign service with a smile. Sometimes you have to ask for the smile. Uh, you know, I like I like it when they say, "Is there anything else you you, you need, sir?" And I would say, "A smile will do." Oh, uh, and I, I get a
0: smile after that, though, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> I said,
1: "Look at you, such a beautiful smile," and you're rubbing the world of your smile of your light.
0: Mm. You know? Yeah.
1: Make a difference. So yeah, that's um, I left. Trin- I, You know, would join the JCs. I taught school for many, many years until 1979 was the last year I taught school and I quit. I resigned. And I'll tell you why I resigned. In nineteen seventy-eight, I was selected by the JCS organization to be there would be an an exchange on we the Trinidad West Indies JCs and the state of Indiana. We had an exchange program. So every year about 10 to 12 members from Indiana would come to the West Indies for two or three weeks. We host them, we exchange our culture. They get to know us better, we get to know them. Hmm. So I got selected to go to Indiana. Hmm. I applied for the leave. Told the government, the Ministry of Education told me they would give me the leave, but I have to take it on half pay. Well, that was the first disappointment for me. But I, I went, and that was such a learning experience, Tanya. I got to, for the first time in my life, I got to interact closely with white people. Before, they were behind fences, you know, really? and there was no interaction. And, and they were like, there was a gap between us and them, and, you know, we were like, we looked up. We thought they were, you know, going back to special that they were better than us. Well, I found out they got a bathroom in their house just like mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they laugh and they talk and they pray and they do everything just like what we do.
0: Yeah.
1: And, they, and even some of them were not as smart as I am. And I they didn't know where Trinidad was, but I knew where Indiana was, you know. So I came back with so much more experience to share with my students.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then that was the first disappointment. And uh, I told you I was teaching math. So I went to the principal and I asked, I told him, I said, I'd like to suggest that we develop a math lab for our kids. And he looked at me and he said, what's a math lab? I said, well, we can have a room, you know, like where the kids can go and learn by experimentation. We can put things in there that they can learn what's an angle, you know, how to measure right. Right. by experimentation. He said, well, okay, write me a proposal. Tanya, I wrote the proposal. And I met with him, I'm sitting in his office, I hand him the proposal. He looked at me, he looked at the proposal, and he said to me, when did you learn to write proposals like that? I said, in the JCS." In the That was the last thing I heard about that proposal. And then in 1979, I got recruited by an insurance company to come and sell life insurance and annuities. So I resigned from that, but guess what? After one year of selling and being successful, I was training the other salespeople how to sell. Wow. It's in my DNA. Mm-hmm. So in in 1984, I was vice president of this, of JCS International and, and listened to my territory, Bermuda, the Bahamas, Suriname, um, Belize, and and Bermuda. That was my territory, and my role was to go visit these countries and encourage wow. them, train the leaders. Let them have meetings with the local government, let them know we're not a communist organization. We're not here to take over the country or anything like that. But in fact, we want to develop your citizens, mm-hmm. they can be better citizens. Well, um, normally, the in fact, I was the year in 1984 when I was in Montreal. We had a World Congress in, in downtown Montreal at the Queen's Hotel. Is that, that's still around. Anyway. So. So I was getting ready, campaigning for executive vice president. Then I get a phone call from the world headquarters, which were, at the time, it was in Coral Gables, Florida. And the, the manager of the organization, the leader, one of the executive leaders of the organization is talking to me. And he said, Lincoln, we know that you're running for executive vice president, and we know that if you run, you're going to win, and because everybody loves you, you do a good job for <laughs> us. But we need, a, we need a director of training at the World Headquarters in Coral Gables, Florida. And we would like for you to be that person. And now I'm thinking, what? I would that was the last thing on my mind. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was happy. Like in
0: a, tra- a win-win situation. Yeah,
1: I was happy in training. That I was making more money than I need to make every. You know, half of the island knew me. I knew the other half. I was on being interviewed on TV like every quarter and a deal on the newspaper. And then this, this person says to me, if you want to come to the United States as our director of training, you just need to let us know, and we will make all the arrangements. Wow. But I think another divine intervention, because I had just gotten divorced. And I prayed about it. And I got the sense that the Lord said to me, Lincoln, you need a break. Go. Mm-hmm. And that was true, need a break. I, I gave up everything, you know, I walked away from everything. I, right. came, to start. Yeah, I came to Miami with two suitcases in March of 1985. And the rest is history. Oh my God, they sent me all over the world to speak to their members and to teach their members. And I wrote uh, a magazine called Back to Basics for them. I wrote, I wrote a leadership development um, Manual, of course, vanguard leaders, and I got to speak, you know, i never forget it, I was in Bangkok, and I can't speak Thai, <laughs> I can only speak English, I knew a couple of words in French, kind of, you know, but, but I can only speak English, so they had this consecutive interpreter standing next to me, so I would say a sentence, and then they will Okay,
0: asleep. so they were able and to understand me. It worked, worked out pretty
1: good, it worked out pretty good three years as director of training and development and you know another another divine intervention i didn't plan that i didn't ask yeah. for it, it, the opportunity it just, came to you it you, the best, you were the set
0: out to on one path and yeah. then and it was just like nope it's time it's yeah. The refresh new start right somewhere else yeah
1: um, yeah and, and again i said the rest is history i um but i'm going to speak at delta that's another thing you know i'm a one man operation it's just me you know i retired from cox enterprises in 2 in 2015 and, I, and i've had i've already started my own business, consulting and training business mm-hmm. so i got to speak at delta airlines on this topic i got to speak at World airways on this topic you know contact at once companies at amazing that they would even consider me. I don't have a marketing guru, um, you know, maybe I I can't afford one. (laughs) Yeah, in fact, I'm looking for somebody who will partner with me and share the revenue. It hasn't happened yet, but yeah. So, you know, I I wrote my first book in 2015, actually, on verse for the day. And it's a daily devotion, but with a daily devotion with a difference in that you get a Bible verse and you get an exhortation, encouragement. But then I'm encouraging people to journal. So, yes. Yeah. God bless me today when he. And I'm telling people, don't write down you woke up this morning. The rest of the world woke up, too. Yeah, look for your specific blessing. Like when I first met you, Tanya, that was a specific blessing to me. Mm -hmm. And I I have a sense that you and I are going to be connected for the rest of our lives here on this earth. And we will partner together to bring light and joy to so many people. Right. Specific blessing, you know, for that you and you alone Mm get. And then the second thing is, God used me today. How? What did you do to glorify him today, to serve him today, to serve one of your fellow man today? And I'm telling people, don't think about anything big. It might be just as making a stranger smile in the supermarket or in the, in the line, calling the cashier by, why do they wear their name tags? Call them by name.
0: That's so true. I didn't even think of that. Like when you yeah. were asking these questions, they were going on in in my mind, I'm like, You know, we're in quarantine. I don't really get to speak to many people, but today I went to grocery shopping and uh, I made the cashier laugh. You know, she's going through such a hard time. There's a big, you know, plastic thing between. And uh, I bought so many groceries. We're a family of three. And I also bought some for my mother because I don't want to leave the house. And people behind her were like in a bad mood, and you know, looking at me, say, Oh, this girl has so much food, it's taking so much time. And but to her, she seemed to get a little bit of anxiety. I'm like, Listen, I'm giving oh, you a break, yeah, I'm take, take a break. taking me a lot of time to do this, but you're getting a break. And so she laughed so hard, and so yeah. I'm like, Wow, at least you know, during even these tough times, you could find you know, the, the positive and the good and, and to make someone feel yeah. good, even if it's there's so much anxiety right. and so much, uh, you
1: know, negativity yeah. going on. You know, Tanya, the sound of a person's name is the sweetest sound they ever hear. Like I encourage people, and this is one of my habits, whenever I'm talking to somebody, I want to know your name mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that I'm saying your name properly, especially on the phone. You know, and especially, it's amazing how when you ask people their name and you start calling them by their name, like every two, three words, you say, Tanya. Yeah, I, I, did you hear me, Tanya? Are you getting this, Tanya? I hear
0: you, Lincoln.
1: Yes. <laughs> it, it's amazing how this, the level of customer service and the re, you can actually feel the relationship getting warmer.
0: That's
1: true. Yeah. And then the third thing I'm asking people to document is, what do I have to ask God to forgive me for today? Some of us, sometimes I have to look deep, but it might be you ignore somebody, you know, something, you know, you bad drive somebody or yeah. scream at somebody, you know, so that's the verse for the day, and then I wrote I wrote the With Passion Workshop back in 2001, and, I, and I've been teaching that, but then I wrote the book. I got a, I got a lot of people saying when are you going to write a book about it. Well, I finally wrote the book and got it published last year, June. So I'm kind of focusing on that topic with passion because people who who work and live with passion excel at what they do and they excel at life. At life, they do not settle for okay, you know. And I've heard a lot of speeches. Uh, people talk about they talk about it. I've heard coaches, ask their athletes. Say, give me more passion or or give me more heart. I need a spirit in this thing. Right. But I've never heard somebody define what this passion is. Is it just a feeling, a scissor? What is it really that the Lord bless me with a simple definition that anybody at any level can embrace, believe, and apply? Because until you believe, that this would work, you're not going to try it. Right. So in a nutshell, passion, pride. Take pride in what you do. I'm not talking about proud, but taking pride in what you do. This is my job. This is my legacy. This is what represents me. I must do my best.
0: No matter who you are or what you're doing. Give your best. Exactly. Give your best. And it could be also applied not only to work, it could be applied to everything in life. Be everything. A, 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 being proud to be a parent,
1: you know, could be. Yeah. You know, it. In, in everything that you do. Um, then the, the A is attitude, and we talked about that earlier before. Your attitude towards life, determines life's attitude towards you. If you get up in the morning and you're thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be a crappy day. It's snowing <laughs> outside. It's wet. Well, it's going to be a crappy day. You're not going yeah. to be disappointed. And yeah. if you get up in the morning and you say, okay, it's going to be a great day. I'm going to make the best of this day. I get to work from home, you know, kind of deal. I miss you. And when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Attitude. And then the, the next S, we talked about that earlier. The first S is special. The second S is service. People who have a passion for what they do, Tanya, they do not work. Right. They serve. They see everything that they do as a service to their fellow man. They serve one another. They serve. And then the I is initiative.
0: Let's go back to service because I really, really resonated with that. I really, you know, you were saying, you know, when you meet these people, you, you could you could tell they just have a certain glow to them. They exude joy. It just comes yeah. out. And uh, you actually want to be served by these people. And, and these people, they, they don't expect anything in return. It's not has nothing to do with like making a sale right. or, or getting that product to, out to you. It's really just, you know, that they want to give you their value. And, and even if it comes in a free service, they just want you to experience it because they genuinely yeah. want to serve you and want to make you feel good and want you to, and to excel in what you do. Um, And I just want to add an example, because like, when I was reading your book, I really, really resonated with, with the service part of it. And that's really who I feel what I feel I am to people. Um, So I used to work at a bank about eight years ago. And they, you know, I was a teller at the bank, I had, you know, I was entry level, again, I didn't know, you know, much, I wasn't a mathematician, like, like you went into, I really (laughs) didn't like math, I didn't like, I didn't like numbers at all, Uh, but I ended up, my family worked in in the banking industry and I ended up with this job. And when I was being trained, I was told to look at how much money people had and the money that they had in their bank account and also let's say how much um, debt they had, uh, combining it together makes a grade and that grade would determine how much time that I would spend with that person, what I would sell them in product and services, and if I should even give them the time of day, or if I should just do their transaction, give their money and goodbye. And so, Mm. you know, I never believed in it. I was not very good in sales, but I never believed in, you know, treating someone as a number. uh, And, you know, I got a lot of backlash for it from my bosses, they didn't really like me, but whoever came to my teller stand I would greet them, I would smile, I would ask them how their day was, I would call them by their name at least twice. And, you know, I would try to learn something about them because no matter who you are, how much money you have or don't have, you could learn something from someone or even if they're having a bad day, like just having a, a simple conversation and engaging them really, you know, makes a difference in this world. And so, so, yeah.
1: so, so that was the service, then the IAS initiative, People have a passion for what they do. They don't have to be told. Something needs to be done, they do it. It doesn't even have to be their job description. They, they just do it. They would pick up, you know, one of my pet peeves is people who drop garbage on the sidewalk or, oh. in, or in the parking lot. And, no. you know, I am known to pick up stuff and put it in a garbage can.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, you know, initiative. And then Integrity. You know, I've never met a human being who would tell me, Lincoln, I don't have any integrity. But I met a lot of people who claim to have integrity, but they need to go back and look at what the meaning of integrity is. And I learned a simple definition for integrity by a, a guy named Alan Fine. Um, and he said, integrity in a nutshell is say, do, co. Say what you want to do. Do what you said you were going to do, and communicate when you can. Don't just leave people hanging. Say mm. do go. Say what you're going to do. Do what you said you're going to do, and communicate when you can. So that's initiative and integrity. And then the, oh, you you were talking about this earlier. Ownership. Whose time is this, Tanya? This is your time and my time. Mm. This is our time. This is our world. And you know, and in a sense, this coronavirus thing has brought this world to its knees everybody we have found common ground right we have found common ground we have found a common topic to communicate about right a common issue to to solve for all of us to get engaged and to solve
0: Mm. we all
1: experience in it common ground this is our world take ownership and the end is never give up think about all the people you might have friends, every time you see them, they're either trying a new relationship, they're trying a new weight loss program. Oh, yes, I see that. They're looking, for a, they're looking for a new job, or, you know, because they give up too easy and too quickly. But people have a passion for what they do. They follow through. They never give up. They follow
0: through. that people give up, uh, you know, uh, because of you know the fear maybe a failure or expectation or what people yeah. think about them
1: right you know and too many too many people are crucifying today between two thieves yesterday and tomorrow mm. because they're remembering all the mistakes they made you know and they say, they don't want to make more nobody wants to make mistakes but more people who learn from their mistakes and you know People who have a passion for what they do, they live in the now, in the moment. They make the best of every moment because that's what life is, moments. And nobody knows when, if they're going to have another moment.
0: Right.
1: This might be the last moment. So you make the best of it. Live in the moment.
0: Live in the moment.
1: So that's what the passion is all about, Tanya. And I like to, to end my sessions with this thought you are the star in the movie of your life
0: yeah i love make, that yeah
1: make every day an oscar winning performance nobody can play you like you yeah you don't know you're an original nobody can pretend to be you you be you and be a star this is your life mm-hmm. you just live it to the fullest. Oh my God.
0: I want to passion. scream on the rooftops right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's what the passion is all about, Daniel.
0: That is so amazing, honestly. So let's say somebody wanted to learn more about you because you're just so uplifting and you're like a breath of fresh air, honestly. Uh, and, you know, anybody could take your, your, your words and whether they're a leader, whether you're just starting out in,
1: yes. uh,
0: whether you, you know, you're a stay at home mom or anything, you know, this yeah. is applied anywhere in your life. So how could someone reach you or, you know, where can they go to find your book?
1: Well, they can go to www.withpassionthebook.com. And that's about the book and about my upcoming online workshop. But if they want more, they can go to my main website, which is www.hisbusinesspartners.com. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Tanya. Thank I you.
0: I learned so, so much. And I hope that you know, our listeners are, learn as much as me. And I just want to thank you so much for coming today.
1: And Amen. Thank to- you for having me. And God bless you.
0: Thank you. It's always a pleasure
1: to speak to you. Thank you, Tanya. Same here. All right. Take care.